and welcome to your Wednesday dose of wealth wisdom with me, Daniel Kennedy, your host, uh, Wealth Dragon Coach and KML CEO and Director of Steadfast Design and Construction, or Construction and Design, however I'm feeling on the day. So today's topic is five steps to ensure long-term your net worth is growing and not diminishing. Um, quite a lot of people seem to think that it's an overnight thing, um, success, and it happens by accident, as opposed to something that needs to be earned and re-earned every single day be that you're increasing your money, increasing your finances and doing new businesses, constantly expanding and growing. Because if you're not growing, you tend to shrink and the market leaves you behind. Like the worst thing that you can do in any situation is believe that things are going to stay the same. They're never going to stay the same. They're always going to change. And as a, you want to be proactive rather than react reactive to the market. Um, so have a long-term view of everything, especially like it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not a quick fix. You need to change some like really key habits um, and, and get this in your mind. And it's going to be totally against what society tells you. It's going to like society tell you that you need like Bentleys, cars, to, big houses to feel happy uh, and secure when really it's bullshit. Most of those people are struggling. Um, so step one let's imagine you're wanting to improve your wealth you're in a bit of a crappy situation all your friends aren't really interested in expanding and having a great life they're interested in spending the money they get having a pop stars weekend uh, and living paycheck to paycheck it's not a nice way to live um, so what you want to do first number one is enter an industry where there is no cap on your wage so or set your business up where there's no cap where it's attributed directly to how well you perform so, for example, uh, I was in the military and there was a cap on my wage. So I, if I had stayed in there, that I would have never become rich because there's no ability for me to earn more. Whereas now I'm involved in property. I was involved in a few other businesses that failed completely. But I found my sort of lane and there are multiple lanes. It doesn't have to be property. Um, it can be sales. It can be whatever it is, whatever it is that you resonate with. So go into an industry where there's no cap and that be that like sales, be that like construction building company, that's a real good business to get into get into because if you're an honest person and you do a great job, there's plenty of money to be made there. Um, or if you're if you're young and you're not you don't really have the confidence to do that, go into an industry that's sort of the same. Um, so a good example, so the person that works for us, Joe, wants to get involved in property and he's coming to work for us for a bit to learn the ropes. And I, I fully, fully expect at some point in the future for him to go off and do his own thing and then we'll have to get someone else in. Um, but the rewards of having somebody who's hungry and wants to do their own thing outweigh the, the initial loss that's going to happen when he goes to do his own thing. So enter an industry, maybe property, maybe trading, maybe stocks and shares or wh wherever the case may be that sort of is in the area and do your own thing on the side. So that's number one, enter an industry where there's no cap on the amount of earning or, or run your own business. Or if you're starting out, just go to somebody who just sort of like near what you want to do, learn the ropes and then have a side hustle at the end. Like this, this 30, 30, 40 hour week, if you want to be wealthy long term, this is bull crap. In the early in the early days, you need to work many, many hours because when you're young, you're, you're, you're resilient, your ability to take it, your ability to adapt. So if you start working 80 hours a week and 40 hours in your job, 40 hours on your business, um, you'll adapt and you'll be able to sort of sustain that as opposed to when you're later on, um, I think it'd be much harder to change as opposed to young when you're still sort of learning and adapting. Um, now, there's two types of money. When, you're in, when, when you've got 
yourself in the right industry or your right um, your right business, whatever it is. You need to not spend your money. So you only have a finite amount of time. So step two, finite amount of time. And you need to invest all the money that you exchange your time for. So the money that you exchange your time for is the most important money because if you look at things as time, for example, that car, £10,000, that cost me four months. You're not going to buy it because it's not worth it. Four months of your time for a bloody car. Time is precious. Time is will always be the most valuable resource. And what you need to do, you need to buy back your time. And what do I mean by that? So you need to put your money that you exchange your time for into things that make money. So I'll say that again. You need to put your money that you've exchanged your time for into things that make money. And you keep doing that. Every, like, so, for example, you're in a £1,000 a month. Your outgoing expenses are 500 quid. I want you to put the remaining 500 quid aside and into investments and keep doing that, even if it's only a FTSE fund that makes, say, 10 or 8 or 6 or 5% per year, as long as it's growing. And what happens if you keep your expenses really, really low what, and keep investing as well as you're in an industry where there's no cap on the amount of earning and then as you get better, you earn more so you can pour more into your investments, what will happen is the money that your money makes will overtake your invest, uh, your expenses and essentially you're financially free. So if you're still living with mom, dad or you've got a family, you're going to need more money. So keep investing and you'll reach this crunch point. It sucks. It's going to take years. You're not going to do it in a year, let me tell you. It's going to take a couple years. For me, it took four. Uh, and that's with loads of capital and loads of experience behind me as well. Um, what You reach that tipping point and then you have the ability to decide to work or be inspired to work as opposed to forced. And let me tell you, like when you get up in the morning, like when you're resting to renew your reserves, it's much different than resting to avoid your day. Like when you're excited up and excited for your life and you're excited for what you've got planned for the day, it's amazing, man. You'll wake up before the alarm clock even tries to startle you awake. Um, and like your small successes fuel your ambition um, and like it gives you extra energy uh, to do more uh, and pursue more successes. So then you've got the choice. Keep investing and so you can expand your income. And essentially you could potentially stop uh, still keep the standard of living but because you're earning more in passive not passive income but residual income the money that your money makes than you are with your expenses you can keep investing so your income goes up and if you just make sure your expenses is below how much you earn per year that's how the wealthy get wealthy and the richer get richer and the poorer get poorer it's about that type of thinking so you've got two types of money so let's re reiterate you've got money that you exchange your time for and you've got money that your money makes. So don't buy luxuries with money you've exchanged your time for. If you want a car, say you've got one of £10,000 car, a good goal would be to invest all your funds until you get the initial principal and the £10,000. So you buy luxuries with the money that your money makes. So there's nothing wrong with wanting a fast car. There's nothing wrong with wanting a jet. There's nothing wrong with whatever you want. But as long as you buy it with the right funds, because if you're exchanging your time in a depreciating asset, you'll then come to like 50, 40. And you have to work so hard because you haven't invested early on. And time is on your side when you're young in terms of investment, because generally most assets go up and above inflation and it can eat away at the debt, especially in property. So step one, enter an industry or work in a job where it's kind of like 
the industry you want to do that doesn't have a cap on the amount you earn. So have your own business if you can. Or if you're starting out, just work for somebody who, who will essentially teach you, teach you the ropes. Step two, don't buy luxuries with money you exchange your time for. Only buy luxuries with the money that your money makes. Uh, and number three, never borrow to spend. That is like how, when, when I explain this, we'll go back to the car, £10,000. You haven't got the money. You borrow £10,000 at, say, 5%. So not only are you betting and spending your future time because you're plowing it into a depreciating asset. So say £10,000 is four months of your time. When you borrow, when you borrow to spend and say it's over three, four years, you end up, say, spending maybe 12000 or 13, 14. So then it becomes six months of your time just for a car when in reality you can get a much cheaper version where it only maybe takes a week of your time uh, if you look at it as in time rather than money. Uh, and then you get the same sort of service. You get something that takes you from A to B. And then you can invest the remaining funds to produce residual income to get to that nice point where you have more money coming in than your expenses. So never borrow to spend, only borrow to invest. Like re you've really got to follow this. So when all the guys and the girls are going on holiday, you ain't got no money. Do not borrow money to spend on something that doesn't make you money. Only borrow money on something that makes you money. So like property, invest in a business, invest in new tools, invest in a new van for your business, perhaps like new marketing, like stuff like that is what I mean. So. Number four, you need to be in the position where your income is overtaking your expenses. So the money that your money makes, not the money you exchange your time for, the money that your money makes needs to overtake how much you need to live. So essentially, you're financially free. Only then decide to start a family if you want to be really, really wealthy, because then you've got time. You've got that blanket. You've already set it up because once like the first deal is always the hardest. The first business is always the hardest. And what you tend to find is when you do one and you do it well, you can do others quite easy. So when you're already at that stage where your money that your money makes is paying for your expenses, you're more likely to be able to expand from that base. And it's very hard to set that up. So my advice is don't have children until you've done that. Um, and once you've done it, go ahead. Um, you, you're secure. You can expand your wealth you can keep growing your net worth as long as it feeds into each other and you keep your expenses below the money that your money makes you're, you're going to have a good life <clears throat> and five now this is the most important for me be careful who you hang around with be careful who you let in your circle be careful of the top five people you spend the most time with if you are surrounded by somebody who finds problems who laughs at other people when they try and improve themselves, who will kick somebody when they're down, who won't give you honest feedback and tell you what you want to hear. So somebody who comes up to you and say, no, listen, you've, you've got this wrong. You need to value that person because not many people have the balls to, or the cojones to do that. And a relationship where somebody gives you honest feedback, not what you want to hear. So for example, um, uh, let me, I can think of, so for, for instance, um, I suggested something with a construction company um, that, that I run and immediately one of the guys was, no, that's a shit idea. We are not doing that. And that is so valuable when people are willing to give you honest feedback, not sugarcoat it because it doesn't need to be sugarcoated. We're all adults. 
Um, and because they, they are in the know and I'm not, I'm, I'm the one sort of like messing around, like, will this work, will that work? So honest feedback is going to be really good for me in the long term. Um, so people who give you honest feedback, somebody who will be like, oh, let's go get drunk or let's go, rather than, nah, man, you need to go out, do some fizz, whatever. You know the people who are good positive influencers and they're usually a pain in the ass because they won't put up with your bullshit excuses. And we all have them. We all have that excuse factory. I've got a good friend who I call Ginger John. And he's so merciless um, in terms of like he's, he's absolutely like he's got a gift of a uh, sort of like Achilles body. He's insane. And whenever I start to moan, because the reason why I'm fat is because I eat too much and don't move enough. Don't move enough. Like he will cut that in the bud straight away and be like, "Listen, I, I ain't listening to this. I've given you the advice. You still haven't implemented it. Shut up. Don't waste my time. Let's speak about something else." And that's the type of feedback that you want. You don't want someone to be like, oh, you can do it. That's really good. No, you want someone who's honest, doesn't cut around the mustard and tells you how it is. Because if you have five friends who are a bunch of losers who aren't improving themselves, who are always negging, who are like, oh, you're lucky, blah, 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 blah. It will drag you down and eventually you'll, you will adopt their mindset. They'll get a bit of you, you get a bit of them. So you want to try and look for the doers, look for the good guys, look for the good girls, look for the people who are taking action, look for everyone who's not putting up with the bull crap and as a real person one person who I'm, I'm so i'm so proud of his like attitude so this one person was um he had a job bought a few properties thought he'd made it but they were in refurb and on bridging so quit his job uh, or well, was made redundant i'm not sure which way what he did um and was told by the our broker you need to earn 25k to get off the bridging and I know most 95% of the people would have seen a problem there and moaned, but not once did he moan, not once did he whinge, even when he couldn't find a job. So what he did, he didn't burp, excuse me, he found a job, he found two jobs, one from one till seven in the morning, delivering papers, and then nine to five doing building work um, to get him over the threshold. Um, and not once did he complain. His his attitude was, of course it's got to happen. It's a problem. It needs to be solved. There's no point in moaning about it. Of course, like there was never any doubt that it was getting done. And that person, purely on that attitude, will go so far, so far. And those are the people that you want to hang around. You don't want people who are like, oh, it's too hard. I can't do this. Oh, it's too far. Like, you know, the bullcrap excuses. The people that do, like, it's really, really And What you got to watch for, when you cultivate this, this um, personality, when you cultivate somebody who, uh, or a group, who somebody, who everyone doesn't withstand any excuse, when people come into that and they have an excuse, you'll laugh them out of the room because it's you're just thinking, like, why why would you have that energy? Like, you will be dead soon enough. There is, don't waste your time complaining. Don't waste your time moaning. Listen, it's the stupidest, most wasteful thing that you can do. Look for solutions. Look for ways of solving stuff. Do the stuff rather than say you're going to do it. Surround yourself with people who hold you to account. And you will have a really, really great sort of base to set your life on if you follow the rules, which are, so again, number one, enter an industry or get a business where there's no cap on your earning. If you're starting out, start at the bottom and just sort of poke your way into the business that you want. Number two, buy luxuries with the money that your money makes. Don't buy luxuries with the money that you exchange your time for. You don't have a finite, uh, an infinite amount of time. You can have an infinite amount of money if you do it right and you invest. Number three, 
borrow to invest. Do not bloody borrow to spend, you idiot. So many people I see who are complaining they got their money, but then they're driving really fast cars. Oh, don't do it, please. Um, there's enough money out there. And if you acquire it in the right way, you can have anything that you want. You've just got to have bloody patience. Number four, children, you need to be make sure that the money that your money makes is it's paying for your basic essentials. Get that system set up first. It takes a while. If, if you've already got children, it's going to take you a bit longer because you've obviously got to nurture them, put resources there because it's a slow thing to do. Most, th most things you get 8%, 10%, 6% investment. So it takes a lot of money, a lot of time, quite a few years before that tips over to where how much you need to basically live. Um, and when you've got children, well, how much you need to live is a lot more. And so you've got a lot less to invest and your bar to replacing your income with the money that your money makes is a lot. Um, and number five, be careful who you spend your time with. Don't surround yourself with losers because you'll end up as one. And right, so that is it. I really feel passionate about these because especially number five and number two, like I, me and my business partners, we, we fucking laugh at everyone who spends loads of money. Um I know somebody who's jobless, who's trying to be an entrepreneur, which is great, and still buying tailor-fitted suits. I'm like, oh, my God, no. Like, what are you doing, you idiot? And that's exactly what I said to them. Um, and he should value that opinion because most people will be like, oh, yeah, that's a nice jacket. That's a nice jacket. And then my first response was, you idiot. Why are you buying tailored suits? You've got no bloody money. You were telling me you were running out of money. No one cares what you look like. Um and I just can't believe how somebody so intelligent can't put two and two together to make four. Instead, they make three and spend all their money on suits. Um, but it is what it is. Don't try and change people. Give them honest feedback because otherwise you'll waste energy and you'll tend to get emotionally involved. Uh, and it can be very difficult to switch off. Um, if you want to know more about the podcast as well, I've got the previous links in the description. There's absolutely loads of value in there. And I'm getting quite a lot of people ask me questions. Uh, about stuff that I've already spoken to in the podcast so before you approach me and ask for advice which I'm always happy to give if I haven't done a podcast bother your ass to read the titles and listen especially episodes 24 to 27 the development ones so many people ask me questions about development and I've covered it all in there um, next week uh, as a request because I'm getting lots of really really bizarre questions about HMOs that I thought everybody knew I'm going to talk about the making sure your HMO is compliant so Thanks for your time and enjoy your evening.